With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No it's the premiere of Just Recruiting with Jonathan Rifkin here on the Landry Football Network. Welcome, everybody. I'm Jonathan Rifkin, your host. It's a pleasure to be with you for. I believe the first ever live national recruiting show led by someone under the age of 45. And I don't mean to, as my microphone, this is why, right? This is why you typically have older people because they don't do lazy production setups, right? I used to have a background over here. So I've got none of that matters though. You know what does matter is that I'm here, is that you're here and that we are ready to rock and roll. Just recruiting with Jonathan Rifkin on Landry Football, Sama Cassidy on the Twitch TV, available for playback across all listening platforms. Make sure you hit that rate, review, and subscribe button. Get in touch with the show on social media, just underscore recruiting, at Jonathan Rifkin, as well as through email at mailbagjr at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, verbal abuse maybe? I don't know. I hope not, but speak your mind, man. We'll see if we can get you, uh, maybe get you on the show. So, Big short show today. I'm going to go off for about five or six minutes about why your role as viewers and as fans is more important than my role as the host. And then we are going to have on full head basketball coach Todd Wolfson, who, among many things, is a leader among coaches and athletes and a well-respected voice when it comes to the relationship between coaches and athletes and the approach that coaches should take when helping develop these outfits. We're also going to talk with him about coronavirus, how the changing landscape of recruiting is impacted by coronavirus. And then we'll tell a story. Then we'll get you out of here with a quick Rifkin's rant today. I'm going to be talking about the transferring that we have seen nationwide. Just announced last week, a three-star defensive back here from San Luis Obispo in Southern California decided to transfer to Iowa to play football for the fall so he could have a better opportunity of expanding his brand and getting more scholarships. So we'll end the show with that. But for right now, I want to talk about why your job as the viewer, as the listener, as the fan, or the anti-fan is more important than my job as the host. And what it really comes down to is interaction, right? And accountability. I'm an opinionated person, as you would expect me to be, because why would you want a show host to just read some stuff and then tells you the opinion of the person that he's reading on. No, you want somebody to share their ideas, to share their opinions, to share the why, the what, the how, how they see things, how they perceive things. You can rely on me for that. I will always stay true to fact, and I will always do myself, do my best to articulate myself in, in a precise and sound way that even if you disagree with my point, you should be able to agree with how I got to that conclusion. And at the end of the day, 
This is not a one-way conversation. I'm not one of those hosts that is on here to say, you know what? I am here to express what I believe and that's it. No, you have to hold me accountable just like I hold you as the fan, as the viewer, as the listener accountable. So when I go on here and I tell you that Corey Foreman, the number one national recruit from Centennial High School here in Orange County, Corona, is going to USC and he's not going to LSU or Alabama or South Carolina or Clemson. And I tell you that the reason I know this is because I've been covering the guy because I'm good friends with his athletic director because I follow Eric Sodenheimer of the LA Times, the Daily News, and the Orange County Register. And I'm not reading the regional guys from the South who are reporting that Corey Foreman, for some reason, might be going to the South when they're 3,000 miles away and only reporting so they can get your clicks. I will make sure that all of my arguments are sound. So when I say something like that, like Corey Foreman is probably going to USC and you disagree with me, don't unsubscribe to the show. Don't go off on how much you hate me. And you could you could still do all of that stuff. That's totally fine. But what you end up actually want to do is you want to find a way to get on the show. Get in contact with the show. Tweet at me. Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me why you think I'm wrong. If I think you're good enough and your argument is sound enough, I'll have you on the show. We can battle it out. Because at the end of the day, like I said, this is a two-way conversation. This isn't just me telling you what I think. This is you telling me what you think. How you think I did. Why you think I might be wrong. I want to know. I don't want you to unsubscribe. I want you to get on the show and tell me I'm wrong. Because I am all about accountability. And on here on Just Recruiting with Jonathan Rifkind, that's what we are going to discuss. The majority of it will be accountability. Again, I apologize. The aesthetics of the studio came down behind me here. I'm in a bit of a transition. I'm currently living the homeless life. Uh, my apartment lease in Koreatown was up. I'm moving down to San Diego at the end of the month. And in between, uh, I'm currently just living on couches. So what a, what a way to navigate through a pandemic and to also start two talk shows uh, is to be homeless and have no studio available to you. But that's also where you as the viewer, as the listener, as the fan need to come in and be a part of this. You all will make this better if you lend your voice, if you tell me why you think I'm wrong, all that good stuff. So at the end of the day, don't unsubscribe if you disagree with me. Don't bash. You can bash me. Go ahead. I'm not going to tell you don't bash me. I'd appreciate it if you didn't. But if you do, you do. Like, whatever. That's the nature of how this goes. Um, but find a way to argue with me. Tell me your thoughts. Share your concerns. It doesn't matter. This is a. This is for you. This isn't for me. All right. Coach Todd Wolfson joining us here in about four minutes. But I want to express the changing landscape of recruiting through coronavirus. The nation is allowing the states to dictate how this goes, right? In the state of California, the California Interscholastic Federation has announced that they will be pushing fall sports back to January. Now, with that being said, there is one uh, league within the state of California, high school league, the Northern Conference, the Northern League, that has decided to go ahead and play in fall. Now, none of, none of these schools have anybody recruiting-wise that you would know or will have to know because they're very small schools. These are the smallest schools in California, but geographically they're further apart than any other league in the state. And this is a pretty big state. The reason that these schools are playing is because they don't want to have to play football in February. Playing football in February in San Diego is very different than playing football in February up in Eureka, California, when there's 15 feet of snow and you're playing at a, you know, 2,500, 2,800 elevation. So Pay attention to what's going on because this all does change the way that recruiting is happening. If, if football is happening in the Midwest and fall and doesn't happen in the South, um, in the in California, doesn't happen in the West region, well, yes, that is going to have an effect. You are going to see blue chip recruits who choose not to play their senior seasons to prepare for 
the next level. You're going to see, like I met, alluded to earlier, and we're going to talk about this on Thursday, transfers from states going elsewhere, Southern California transfers, Illinois transfers going to Iowa to play because they want to have the opportunity to play football in the fall to expand their brand and to have the opportunity um, for expanded recruitment, right? Recruiting, the, the landscape of recruiting is changing because, not only because of coronavirus, but coronavirus is having a profound impact on the regional recruiting in any, in any sport. Um, football right now is most impacted. Basketball will be impacted. And again, what we see right now, the schedules that we see laying out, those could change, right? The Pac-12 says that they're going to play football September 26th. I bet you a million dollars that doesn't happen. Southern California thinks that they may have, you know, Los Angeles thinks they could have a set a, a sense of, of sports back in December. And that may be true, but I don't know with the way that things are progressing in the county of Los Angeles, how you have football, right? If, if the cases stay the way they are, I don't know how you have football in, in December. You may be able to come off with basketball, with soccer, with all the other, the non-rep sports, but I don't know how you play football and that's going to affect recruiting. So bring, join us here on the show in about 30 seconds, just a little brief introduction uh, is a renowned head coach. His name is, is Todd Wolfson. He's phenomenal. He is uh, a state champion as of this year. He was actually a state champion as of 2014 with, with Shamnod High School. But uh, recently with San Francisco High School, he led the team uh, to the 2A state championship. 2AA was won by Santa Clara to Christian. I had the pleasure of covering the team uh, throughout the postseason, called a few of their regular season games as well. Um, and actually, my interaction with Coach Wolfson as he joins the show here. How's it going, Coach? My interaction How are you? Doing great. Uh, I didn't have the opportunity, and we'll bring you in here with the story. I didn't have the opportunity when I called that final game against Birmingham um, to tell the story about how you broke my heart when you when Sean Law beat my Oak Park Eagles. Uh, and I know you and I discussed this prior to the game, but I was never given a platform. So I was just a lowly junior varsity basketball player thinking that I had any opportunity to make it at the varsity level, which – uh, <laughs> that didn't end up happening, which is why I'm sitting behind a microphone for you right now. But, um, when I was, you know, Oak Park was an up and coming program at the time. Um, we were, you know, we had Ron Wally who ended up at Central Methodist University. Uh, he had a lot of offers at the time. They all got pulled for academic purposes, went to, went to Arizona to play community college ball before transferring to a dominant NAIA school. Um, but the team was stacked and when we all thought, you know, coming off a three double A championship, this, this team should be dominant. Uh, and here comes... Todd Wolfson and his Chaminade team strided into, into the game and, uh, and you knew that they meant business and it, it just, it was tough. It was, and I remember coach Shaw telling the team after the game at Oak Park, that's, that's not a coach you want to coach against because he knows number one, how to get through to his guys, but he also knows how to elicit team basketball. And, and I want to, this is a football recruiting show. Our first guest is not a football coach, but coach, you built an identity around sort of guiding coaches and athletes within all realms of sports, uh, you know, in a discussion about what's the most cohesive way to be successful. Um, and I, I want to start there coach, because I don't, I haven't seen any other coach and I met a lot and I've called over 200 games this year and I follow a crap ton of people. Um, I haven't seen anybody take that approach quite like you have. And the impact that it has had, at least in the region is pretty significant. What has made you decide, you know, I think that I can lend a voice to help the cohesion between coaches and their players. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, I'm sorry I broke your heart, you know, years ago <laughs> when uh, we came in and, and, and beat you. That was a really, really good team. And we actually had nine Division One players on that team. So wow. it's not like you lost to a, uh, to, to, to a you know, a, a team that was made up of, of right. just guys that, 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 that weren't ready to play. Um, but these guys were pretty good. And, and um, you know, that was a fun night. But, you know, coaching – 
has changed a lot um, since I've started. No, but this is now, if, if we have a season this upcoming year, um, this will now be 14 years for me. And coaching has changed even in that 14 years that I've been doing it in terms of the, the, the player-coach relationship is much more necessary than it used to be. I think back in the day when I was playing, when you were probably playing, it wasn't as much of, of that leadership role that it's become now. I think coaches now, um, you, you have to have that, that, that player relationship. You have to have that love for your players, and they have to feel that, and they have to know that. Um, where back in the day, if you were a great X's and O's guy and you can draw plays and, 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 then, and that stuff worked because you had more of the, the homegrown teams um, you're with the guys that you grew up with down the street um, where now you're getting kids in private and public schools from all different areas and there's really no cohesion and no way to do that so the coach has to be that person that that molds and and and, and is that um is that figure that can do all that so your region here in southern california you're, you guys are up in la cañada and north pasadena but mm. i mean within the the region itself both football basketball even the non-rev sports uh, transferring is a very common a common occurrence, mm-hmm. especially for big time recruits. And it's not just within the state, right? I'll give you a, a perfect example that that's sort of within your realm, right? At Heritage Christian, Sky Clark decided to, you know, he upend five star, one of the best combo guards in the nation, just up and left to Brentwood in Tennessee. Um, right. You know, you see it, you see it, but you see inter league transfers. You, I'm sure you mm-hmm. guys have had in the past mission league players that go to the Trinity League, vice versa, right? right. It's right. even, I'm sure, you know, we see um, Sierra Cannon players who are at Harvard West, like we have these inter. Uh, these interleague transfers and you're in a region where not, again, not just in basketball, let's make this relative to all sports is competitive, far more competitive per capita than anywhere else in the country. As a coach in this region, how do you navigate? Right. Especially, you know, with the way that public schools and private schools are operating, you have charter schools and you have the LA city section and the Southern, I mean, the Southern mm-hmm. section is massive. How do you navigate those waters as a coach? I mean, I think you just kind of have to now, I don't want to say assume that it's going to happen. Um, but you have to be prepared for it. And, you know, it kind of you, you want to build a program and you want to start from, you know, those freshmen coming in. And when they leave as seniors, you have this whole map of how their careers are going to be and the things you're going to do for them. Um, and sometimes that gets derailed because of transfers and it kind of shape shifts everything. Um, you know, I remember my first kid that left when I was at Chaminade, I think my second or third year and he transferred out and I was like heartbroken. I was couldn't believe it. I didn't understand what I was doing wrong. I was, you know, this and that. And I think that's kind of changed a little bit. It's not so much, you know, I'll say I'm okay with transfers when they leave. I'm definitely, it definitely hurts, but it's, I guess, somewhat of the norm to a certain extent. People are kind of looking for that, that different lifestyle, that different edge, you know, the grass is always greener kind of, kind of mentality. And, um, you know, if the kid's shooting 20 shots a game for you, he, someone's telling him he can shoot 22 shots a game somewhere else. And, that might be more appetizing and that might be a, a better situation for them. And you know, each family is different. Each kid is different. And I think we have to treat everybody that way. And I think when you, there's no cookie cutter realm, you know, I've had kids leave our program and it might've been the best decision for them, you know, to go somewhere else. And, you know, maybe they weren't being, you know, wasn't the right fit and for us. So sometimes it is, I think a good fit. Sometimes it's, you know, it, it definitely hurts. Your approach is, is very fascinating. So again, you're, I mean, the team basketball that you guys played, you had Andre Henry, who obviously was was the, the guy on your Unbelievable. team. Yep. The, the cohesion, right? The cohesion that you displayed on the basketball court. And and actually, San Francis football did this too uh, during their Mission League games. The cohesion mm-hmm. that you saw on the field. I mean, the San Francis has – I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for the football program specifically, but for you guys, right. you know, how recruits want to get their own, right? And that's why you saw at 
at uh, at Mayfair, yeah, they had two of the best recruits in the nation, but they were a sub five hundred team because they were a two man team. Right. Birmingham was sort of the same way, right? They had the Cofield brothers, and that was you know, and they had um, David Henry, and that was about it. And and they played through. They didn't brand basketball is played through the brand. It's not played through the team with some of these schools. Now with you guys, you have the guy in Andre Henry, but then you now maybe this is him being selfless, and maybe this is you getting to right. him, but you had you had the ability to create opportunities for a plethora of players, players that may have not gotten the same opportunities at other programs. Um, now some that who didn't have any aspirations at the next level at the beginning of the season do have aspirations at the next level. Right. How have you been, you know, what, and again, I, if, if we could just keep this a little bit broad, but for you specific, ah, wow, words are hard. For you specifically, <laughs> and that's, they, they pay me to talk. I don't know how that happened. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, you're, how do you, from day one, you know that this is, the key to success is yes, we have right. a guy. How do we get this guy to take a step back and open up opportunities for the rest of the talent? How do you how do you approach that? And how do you get through to these guys? Because again, like I said, there are dominant program or there are programs with dominant players that don't see success the same way that St. Francis did. Well, I appreciate it. You know, and obviously for us, you know, it starts at the top. You know, it starts with our administration. And um, part of the reason why I wanted to go to a school like this was just because of the administration. I think all good programs it starts with the administration. Um, and, and kind of how they lead their coaches and, and the freedom they allow them to do and, and kind of the standards they set for all their kids. You know, we don't put up with selfish kids. If you're selfish and you come here, you, you leave quickly. Um, you know, there's a certain type of, you know, thing that our motto and our culture that we build, you know, on our floor, it says team first. You've seen it in our gym across the wall on the wall. It says team first everywhere we brand. Um, is always about the team being first. And a lot of cultures and a lot of teams, you'll notice they, they have that stuff on the wall, but do they really preach it? You know, do they really talk about it or is it, hey, you know, we have a new motto. It's this. All right, guys, I'll see you later. You know, and, and for us, it's we live it every single day. And I think a lot of times that's that that's what, you know, helps when you don't have equal talent. You kind of have to find ways to do that. And and I'm a big believer in team basketball, you know, given you do have to have a superstar. And Andre was definitely that guy. Um, but he was he was OK not scoring, you know, um, 20 points a game. He was OK making the extra pass. And I think I've seen good team, you know, good, good. Like we have a couple of football players that were great for us last year and, and they weren't, they were okay with giving the the sophomore, you know, the, the first and goal at the one, you know, easy touchdown so he can build his stats up. And, and, you know, you have to find players like that, that are selfless um, that can do those things. And our football program does, does, you know, the same exact way. When you're a coach navigating a, a the landscape for top level recruits um, or just recruits in general, mm -hmm. doesn't even need blue blue chip. Um, typically, when programs, the programs that are very, very interested in these recruits will mm -hmm. find ways to tell them what they're looking for from those recruits over the next right. X amount of games, X amount of years, whatever. If that doesn't align with what the coach's game plan is, or if that doesn't align with the coach's approaches with these players, how do you, you know, how the crew comes to you and says, okay, school A wants me to do this, this, and this. I want, that's what I, but you say, okay, but that doesn't fit into this, this, and this. How do you, how do you manage that? I mean, it's, it's hard. There, there's a there's a lot of people in, in kids circles these days. I think that wasn't a thing that was, you know, in the past. And you, you hear about the AAU coaches and the seven on seven coaches and the, and the and the people that are in these these kids ears. Um, and, and you got to make them part of your team. I think that's one thing that we've tried to do um, when we get a high level kid or a high level recruit kind of kind of player is is instead of saying, hey, mom and dad, you know, we, we don't talk to you, you know, stay away. Hey, AAU coach, stop calling me seven on seven coach. Stop calling me you know i'm doing this my way we're going to work with them you know hey we want to do this together we need your help you need my help you know let's make this a team effort instead of pushing people away i think it's better to bring bring people together 
Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you, it, that, that ends up with long phone conversations about one kid um, that a lot of coaches don't want to have. But if you, that, that kid's a, a great person and a great player and he fits your, your mold, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something you, you want to do. Last question before uh, we ahead. get you out of here, Coach. Coach Todd Wolfson of St. Francis High School here in the greater Los Angeles, Pasadena area, um, state champion also. Uh, so you. when you let's let's talk about the the athletes perspective, coronavirus is just obviously mm -hmm. I mean, I don't need to get into it. We already know at this point. Right. Uh, I don't want to beat the dead horse. So um, you're an athlete doesn't have you don't have to be a recruit, but these players play at the high school level because they're passionate. Right. Only right. less than one percent of them actually make it to the next level. But they're doing it because they love the game. And, you know, maybe they want to get out of the house. Who knows why they do. But typically they do because there's a passion that stems from somewhere. Coronavirus mm -hmm. has sort of up and ended a lot of that, especially in California. Um, you know, if I'm let me put it this way, high school athletes need to be held accountable sometimes because to, to actually go and work out, to actually get the reps because right. they're high schoolers, right? They're not thinking on the macro perspective. They're thinking, okay, I have this time to myself. I don't have to go to school. I can, you know, I'm not right. in the at risk demographic of coronavirus of people getting coronavirus. Like there are, their mindsets are very different than if I'm an NBA player and I have millions of dollars on the line and I have to go out and grind to go out and, and get my own, right? This is a very different, right approach or even a college athlete um how should these players be approaching the upcoming seasons in their respective sports because it is a different mindset it is a di they're not going to get the same pre-season training that they're going to get you're not going to have right. the same ability you know i know that uh, a lot of mission league schools are very big on on taking their teams to various places to for team building exercise you're not going to have those abilities so how how do athletes navigate that as we get to the presumptive starts of the season and how do coaches make it easier on these athletes as we navigate these waters? Right. I mean, I, as you know, like I said, I don't have to beat the dead horse, but coronavirus is affecting everyone. Um, and in some way, you know, there's not one person that's not being affected um, by this in a negative way. And, you know, athletes are, are a big part of that. And the, what they're going to have to do and what they've been doing is, is a lot on them. A lot of times athletes, you know, they'll show up to practice with their hands open and say, you know, coach, what do you got for me? Where this is a little bit different. Um, and I think the athlete needs to understand that it's it's more about it's more about them now, and it's less about you know the coaches. We're going to get back, and I'm sure there's going to be student athletes that I have that are out of shape and and not not ready to go. And you know there'll be some that are in better shape and stronger. And it's gonna it's gonna kind of separate a lot of right. schools and a lot of athletes. And I think that's um, can be a good thing for a lot of people, but a bad thing in terms of participation for sports. I think we're going to see a lot of decline of those. And I hate to use the word role players because you need those role players but you know some of the guys that are just cool sitting on the bench or some of the guys that you know just want to be part of the team and now it's well I haven't really done anything for for six months you know why do I want to go play offensive tackle in right. the fourth quarter when my team's down 20 or up you know and you're gonna get those kind of kids that aren't playing as much anymore I have a feeling um and then the kids that are still driven you're gonna see how driven they really are you know so I'm sure you'll see you know in those high school football rankings and those high school basketball rankings those top 50 to 100 kids um, that are currently in in that situation, you're going to get to see like, wow, that kid took six months off. He's he's fallen off. Wow, this kid came from nowhere and he's had an unbelievable work ethic and an unbelievable, you know, past six months. Um, it's going to be great for him. And then, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, we're holding our kids accountable. Um, but there's it's it's very hard on Zoom. You know, I'm not going to lie, it's yeah. it's hard. There's only so much you can do. You know, we're breaking down film and we're doing workouts and we're doing sending them videos and they're sending us videos and. 
you know, we're doing icebreaker games, you know, we're, we're trying to make it as fun as we can for them, but it's, it's, it's difficult. And, you know, that's another struggle the teachers are having as well. Um, you know, academically is just making it so those kids are engaged a little bit more than, than it, than they want to. Cause as you know, and as we all know, you know, this generation is fantastic, but it's, it's hard for them to sit and, and kind of absorb something for a, for a long amount of time. Let's end with this. Not a lot of times do anybody in my position get to talk to a state champion. Um, and a lot of times, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of coaches out there. There's 50 states uh, with X amount of divisions. So relatively speaking, I mean, less than two or 3% of the coaches out there actually get this opportunity. So let's take this opportunity for you to express to us. You guys got to go on Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt or to be featured on Sports Center. Right. That was an awesome, awesome opportunity. Awesome. Um, you know, I, I got to see you go out there and cut down the net and be a part from a, from a, you know, a limited experience, your team's section, you know, regional championship, obviously coronavirus mm-hmm. Kansas state. Um, and that would have been an awesome opportunity as well. But I mean, tell me about, tell me about, and you know, we, we have about five minutes left on the show. I don't want to cut this to okay. get, take you all the way, all the way to the end, but you know, just taking you through the season, tell me, you know, from a coach's standpoint, it, you guys were picked to finish at the bottom of the, at, of the mission league. And here you are fighting for second place. Here you are in Division Two double or Two A, and then all of a sudden you guys are steamrolling teams on your way to state championship. Tell me how this was for you. It was unbelievable. You know, it was. You know, when you when you sit and think think back, you know, we all uh, did not expect to be. Well, we we expected to be good. We just didn't expect to be this good. Um, you know, our coaches before the season started, we always write down what we think our record is going to be on, and, and as an honest um, thing, we put an envelope and we put it in my office and we hide it. Um, and to go back and look at those was pretty funny. And a lot of 500s, a lot, a little bit over 500s. Um, so I have to give credit to the kids. You know, they were unbelievable this year. When you have a team of seniors that believe in each other and believe in themselves and, and, you know, it, it makes me feel like, like, uh, you know, there's still a chance for the small school, you know, team full of good kids that can win games instead of having the, you know, the the, the, the schools with ten to fifteen Division One guys that are just steamrolling everybody else. And um, it was it was a it was a fun year. I'm glad you were there to witness it and really see how how fun and and and, and the group that I had. And when you have five, six, seven unselfish players that that are all about the team and the right things and the and, and the right culture, it's a it's a fun experience that I'm hoping I'll get it to have again sometime. Was cutting down that net your highlight as a coach so far? Yeah, uh, yeah, because you know, the, 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 when we won in, in in 2014, my team was really, really good in terms of you know we had a lot of talent, um, so it was definitely satisfying and rewarding. Um, this team was not close to the amount of talent, so it was definitely a little bit more rewarding to have to do that with this team. Coach, it's always an awesome, it's always a pleasure, excuse me, to talk to you. It's awesome to have you on Appreciate the show as our inaugural guest. Uh, you can follow him at SFHS Hoops on Twitter, uh, Coach Todd Wolfson of St. Francis High School. Coach, again, uh, I think that a lot of people more than you know, appreciate the words that you share on Twitter and, and just your insights that appreciate you share that. You know, across the media sphere and, of course, the work that you guys put out on the basketball court uh, each and every day of the season. So it's always a pleasure. Can't wait to have you awesome. on again. I appreciate it, Jonathan. Keep doing what you're doing. I love I love your work. So um, definitely going to subscribe, and I'm definitely going to make sure you know my circle subscribes to this because <laughs> everything you do is, is pretty is pretty fantastic. So keep it up. I, I means, the wor- means the world to me, and I'm sure our, we'll have some collaborations in the near future. Take care, Coach. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. Coach Todd Wolfson from St. Francis joined the show. Really, really special interview. Just a pleasure to have him 
on here. And, and like I said, I, I didn't know he was the coach at San Francisco when I started calling those games or the, before I started calling those games. Um, and then when I saw his name, I was like, oh, that's the guy who uh, ruined my junior varsity season at Oak Park High School. All right. So we have two minutes to go. I want to end with this transfers. Yes, you're going to see a lot of them over the next few weeks. Yes, the high school landscape is going to change. Um, what you heard from Utah, where they're planning to play sports starting in September, may not actually happen. What you heard from California about starting in, in late December, early January, may not happen. What you heard from Iowa about starting next week, may not happen. So what you have to keep in mind is that guys will be transferring. Is it for the best? Well, if they play and everything goes as well, yeah, maybe. And we heard Coach Todd Wolfson say, you know what, sometimes it's meant to be. Sometimes these programs aren't necessarily meant for these players. So, yeah, maybe these players are actually helping themselves by transferring out of state, transferring to places where they can play earlier than uh, their overarching oversight has deemed their state to play. But it could also be a detriment because think about it this way. If I'm a Southern California quarterback in I don't know. I'm, we'll call it the Mission League just because we were just on with the Mission League head coach. So we're talking about probably the, the third or fourth best football division in the state of California. Um, and I am a three or four star quarterback. My season's getting postponed. I don't know when we'll be back. They're saying January. That probably may not happen, especially in the greater Los Angeles area. Yeah, I'm probably going to go check out Iowa. Level of competition is not going to be nearly the same. And we're going to talk about this on Thursday. Your perceptions uh, of four and five stars from different states, because the four star from New Hampshire is not the same as a four star from Southern California is not the same as a four star uh, from Texas. So we'll talk about that on Thursday. But remember, just because you transfer doesn't mean it's necessarily a good or bad thing. Some transfers are for the best of the athlete. Some aren't. Some are situational. Most of these transfers are situational. And we'll get into specifics on Thursday of who some of these guys are, where they're going and why and what the implications are. Uh, but just keep in mind, as we progress through this, as we go through this journey together, you and me, because a lot is going to change up until the start of these high school and collegiate football seasons, because that's what this show is. This is a mix of both. This is a recruiting show. We're talking college football. We're talking high school football. It's going to be a lot of fun, but things are going to change. And I want you to keep in mind that what you think today, what you see today, what you hear today may not be the same conversation, may not be the same narrative uh, that we see next week. And with that, thank you so much for tuning in. It's a short show today. 1230 Pacific time is our sign off time. Big thanks to Landry Football. Make sure you subscribe to the channel on Twitch, rate, review, and subscribe across all listening platforms on the Landry Football Conference call is where you'll find us on Spotify, Twitter, uh, Spotify, excuse me, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, literally everywhere. You won't be able to miss us. Uh, and also on Twitch for playback. We'll be on LandryFootball.com for the audio. And also go check out all the great shows. Every major Power 5 conference has an awesome show. I was on the Are You Serious show last Tuesday. Blake Rafino does a great job. And, of course, special thank you uh, to our graphics team and everybody who made our premiere go so well. I mean, Coach Todd Wolfson, we couldn't have done it without you. So, please, once again, tune in on Thursday. We'll be back here at 12 o'clock Pacific Time live. I'll be on the Pack Wrap an hour before that at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Thursday. Jordan Brenner and Brad Restituto will join me. But once again, this is Jonathan Rifkin signing off. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, guys. Make sure to stay tuned for all the good stuff on the Landry Football Network here on Twitch TV. This has been the premiere of Just Recruiting with Jonathan Rifkin. As always, it's a pleasure. We'll see you on Thursday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.